You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. Father, we love you so much. God, I know that you're doing something and that you're moving. And God, we're so thankful. Arrest us by your spirit this morning, Father. And every word that you want to say and every word that you want to speak. Let it go deep into our hearts. Let it go deep into our hearts. Imprint your word on our hearts today, Father God. That as this is a turning time, Holy Spirit, speak to us specifically where you're leading and where you're guiding us. I thank you, Father, that hunger for the things of God is rising in our hearts and distaste for the things of the world is rising. That, Father, we would clearly see where you are and what your hand is on and that we would run towards that. taking us deeper into you, Father. Say everything that you want to say today, God. Do what only you can do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you, God. Well, Happy New Year. I wasn't here last week, so I haven't had a chance to really say Happy New Year to you. So what are we on the 10th? The 10th day of January. So Happy New Year. I was in isolation, I think for my second or my third time of isolation. Oh boy, that really gets to you. And boy, do you really need to exercise self-discipline from the fridge when you are in isolation. There isn't much you can do. but laps around your house and laps to the fridge. I uh, didn't do so good this last time, but praise the Lord. Hopefully I don't get put back in isolation to learn my lesson. Just kidding. Happy New Year. I hope that everyone is doing well. I have a word um, that God has given me. Usually in the new year, when I come in, in the new year, I usually am talking about what God's been showing me um, for the year to come. And there may be a little bit of that this morning, but more, um, but more than that, I believe that I'm carrying a word of preparation, a word where God is saying it is time for us to prepare. It's time to get prepared. And so he took me to Isaiah 54 verse one and oh my goodness. Um, And it says in verse one, rejoice with singing, you barren one. You who has never given birth, burst into song of joy and shout, you who have never been in labor. And I I really thought that this was interesting because in the middle of this verse, the beginning of the verse, God is speaking to barren. He's speaking to barren. unfruitful areas, areas that are not bringing forth life. That's what he's speaking to. And he says, hey, in the middle of that place, I want you to rejoice. I want you to sing. I want you to worship. Do that. You're barren? Yeah, do that. And so I I, kind of thought about it for a bit and I went and looked up barren. And and 
obviously knowing what it means, but barren can refer to lots of different situations. One of the, one of the situations it refers to is soil or land. And it says uh, a barren land, which means it can bring forth little to no vegetation. So it's not bringing forth any kind of vegetation or it can speak to a building where a building will bring forth or not bring forth that if you can look at a building you'll say that building is barren meaning there's no life in it there's there's nothing in it there's just darkness in it or of course the way that we know it as well is barren referring to a woman who can't carry or can't who can't give birth to a baby who can't have a baby life doesn't come forth from there they call that barrenness and in the middle of that place where an unfruitful situation God is saying hey rejoice hey it's time to worship. And I thought about this and it took me to the story of Hannah. Hannah in, in the Bible was a barren woman. She could not have a baby. And the story tells it, and I'm gonna paraphrase just a little bit, but the story tells it like this, that Hannah couldn't have a baby and her husband that she, that, that she loved, loved her like crazy. He just adored her and he was okay, it was fine. She couldn't have a baby, that was okay. And he would adorn her with, with um, all these kinds of things, help, you know, just kind of bridge the gap. It's like, it's okay, Hannah, you can't have children, that's okay. I'll give you this. And I kind of pictured that he would kind of overcompensate for the hurt that she had that Hannah knew that inside of her, she was designed and she was created with a destiny to bear children, but yet there was a place in her that was barren. She couldn't bring forth life. And so he would compensate, bring her gifts, give her extra food and, you know, just whatever he could to kind of get her, get her attention off the fact that she was barren. And then he also had another wife whose name was Pinnell. Pinnell could have children. And Pinnell taunted her. Pinnell would taunt Hannah all the time. And so I kind of was thinking about it and picturing it that, that they'd be in the kitchen. I don't know how two wives live together. I, I don't want to know, but um, I imagine them in the kitchen together and they're preparing food and, and Pinnell would slip in little sly comments, you know, like, oh, well, if you knew what it was like to have a baby. Oh, well, if you were a mom, you know, ones that would just gut punch her and remind her that you, you're barren, Hannah. You, you can't have children, Hannah. And then I picture Hannah at night by herself, maybe having a bath or whatever, and, and those thoughts would begin to go over in her head, the things that Pinnell had taunted her with, and maybe she would hear things like, you're not good enough. It would go even farther. That's right. You don't fulfill, there's something wrong with you, Hannah. And it would just go on and on and on. And so in one hand, she has a husband who's trying to fulfill the need in her life that she knew she wasn't going to be able to have children, fill it with external things, things that probably made her happy for a short time. And then the one that's taunting her on a regular basis. And so then the story says that they go every year, they would go every year to worship at the temple and they would come to this place year after year, they'd worship at the temple and, and they would come and they would have a feast and, and it was just like, this was like where it really hit home for Hannah. It was like really glaring in your face, that's right Hannah, you have no children. 
and they would sit there and her husband would feel sorry for her, try to distract her, and the Bible says he would give her more food, like eat, Hannah, enjoy this, it's, it's gonna be okay, we'll get through this, Hannah, just, just be distracted, do this. And, and then she would look over and there would be Pinnell smiling with a smirk on her face, taunting her. That's right, they're all gonna know, that's right. And she would look to the left and she would look to the right and she'd look at her food and it was like this. The Bible says year after year, the same thing after all doing it all over again. But there comes to this one place, this one time where Hannah comes to the table and it does the same thing. Her husband brings her more food. Pinnell's taunting her and she looks down at her food and she says, I can't do this anymore. And she pushes herself away from the table and gets up and she goes into the presence of God. She goes into the presence of God and she begins to pour her heart out. She begins to worship him. She begins to lay it all out. So much so that the Bible says that the priest was watching her and thought that she was drunk. Have we, has anyone ever worshiped like that? <laughs> but she's at this place where she's like, I, I can't, I can't do this, not one more year, God, I can't. I can't be filled with those external things. They're not working anymore. It's not working anymore. And the taunting, I can't handle that anymore, God. And she begins to pour herself out in worship. And I felt like in this moment, as I'm reading Psalms, or as I'm reading Isaiah 54 in this moment, that we have come to this place. That there are areas in our life that have been barren. If we're honest, if all of us were honest, there are areas in our life where we look back and we think, what, what happened there? Areas where dreams went to die, areas that felt like it was supposed to be fruitful, areas where we said, I was born with destiny, I was born with purpose, yet I don't see any fruitfulness coming from this area of my life. And, and we look back at it every once in a while, and we've also gone to places where we've tried to fill with external things, things of the world, anything that could make us feel better, that there's that place in our life that has been barren. And never mind the taunting. Never mind the enemy getting in there saying, told you, told you so. Told you you weren't anything. Told you you weren't good enough. Told you God wasn't going to use you. Told you that area wasn't, wasn't going to come. So that was just you. Told you. Look at you. Look at others. Look at them fulfilling the call of God on their life. And look at you. That taunting. That not enough those words that go on and on and on of those barren places knowing I was meant for something. But there's areas in our life we just shut the door, myself included, just areas where you're like, you know, you know. And I felt like as we're walking into this place, that, that we've come to this table moment where it's like, I could do this one more year, but I don't want to. I can't, I can't go through this same old, same old one more 
year. I know that there's something on the inside of me, destiny on the inside of me. And, and if we would push ourselves away from the table that God is calling us into this place, he says, if you will worship, if you will worship, in the footnotes of this verse, it says just this, worship, worship is the power that breaks spiritual barrenness. That's what it says in the worship is the power that breaks spiritual barrenness. And then it goes on and says this, if my people are separated from worship, spiritual barrenness begins to set in. think that there are even some of us would say you know what I was just tracking along 2020 I was and then 2020 hit me and I feel like spiritual barrenness has begun to set in God says I'm taking us into a season of worship like you've never seen before and that thing there's a power that's on it that's going to that's going to break the barrenness that's in your life. There's some of you that have doors that are locked in your life and God says I am coming in if you will begin to worship me. I'm going to break the power of that thing. And fruitfulness is going to come forth. I got away on my notes here, so just give me a moment. I wrote that, he, that, that says God steps into our table moment. Right now, this table moment where we're, where we're sitting kind of edge 2020, 2021, and he steps in and he says, push yourself away. Push yourself away from the table and come and worship. After Hannah, if, you, if you're reading the story of Hannah, you go ahead, read it. Um, not right now, listen to what I have to say and then go check out Hannah. But when you're reading the story of Hannah, if you look down after she has come to this place where she's worshiping and she's pouring her heart out, she gets up and she goes away and it says just this. It says that the Bible says after Hannah went and poured her heart out to God, the sadness lifted. The heaviness in her soul lifted. And I felt that. I felt like there are a lot of us that walked out of 2020. And, and you know what? I've talked to so many that are like, 2020 was a great year for me. Good things happened. And you know what? 2020 was a great year for me. 2020 was a great year for Embassy Church. It's just a great, we saw the hand of God and miracles. But 2020 was a heavy year regardless. And I think that a lot of us walked out of it carrying sadness maybe just because of the uncertainty of the world of the things going on around us and just the, the the stuff that's been hard to comprehend we saw racism like just at its just there's just been so much that's gone on that it's like what is happening and if we really were to identify we'd we'd say maybe that there's been some heaviness and some sadness that has settled in and God says, just like Hannah, who came to the altar to worship, says, if you will worship, it will, it will lift. It will lift.
I believe that right now God has brought us into a place where he is saying, you need to worship. Lives poured out in worship. It is key corporately and privately. It's to birth something in our lives and birth something in our church and birth something in Canada that we need in this season, in every season. But listen, I'm just wanting you to hear the importance of it right now, that in this season, worship is key. He is breathing on this. You must worship every chance that you get. Begin to pour your life out in worship. Verse two says this, increase is coming. So enlarge your tent and add extensions to your dwelling. Hold nothing back. Make the tent ropes longer and the pegs stronger. Increase is coming. I believe it. I believe increase is coming in your lives. I believe that increase is coming in our church, in the churches, in the body of Christ. I believe that increase is coming, but he says, so enlarge your tent. In other words, get ready. In other words, begin to enlarge. Begin the question you should be asking yourself or you should be asking God in this moment is, God, where do I need to enlarge? What are the places that I need to enlarge? He says, increase is coming. But you need to be ready for the increase. If you're not ready for the increase, you can't hold it. Increase is coming. Where do you need to enlarge? Enlarge in your hearts. Enlarge in your thinking. Enlarge in your capacity to love. This is where you begin to cry out to God. God, enlarge me in my capacity to love. Enlarge me in my thinking. Enlarge me in my ability to see you in everything. God, where in my heart needs to be enlarged for the, the increase to be able to settle in? Enlarge. Begin to ask him, begin to, in your prayer time, God, where? Show me the places in my life that need to be enlarged. Increase is coming. Then he says this, hold nothing back. Make the tent ropes longer and the pegs stronger. Hold nothing back. And I heard the, the Lord so strong on that. Listen to me, 2021, 20, hold nothing back. There are many that are stepping one foot in and one foot out. I don't play cards or I don't gamble, but I think that there's like a saying that says like your ace in your back pocket or something. Like it's like you're, you, you've got like a card in the back that you can use should nothing work out. That he's saying, hold nothing back. You've got one foot in, one foot out. It is not the time to do that anymore. Listen to me, it's not the time to do this anymore. You step all in, you go all in. Don't hold anything back. God is about to move like we've never seen him move before, but hold nothing back. Things that he is talking to you about, things that he is pressing on your life, anything that he is doing, you must not hold it back from him. It's not the time, lay it down. Then he goes on to say, make the tent ropes longer and the pegs stronger. When you're holding, when you've got one foot in and one foot out, you're not strengthened. You're not, your foundation is it, you're not sure-footed. What does the Bible say? A, a, a double-minded man is unsteady in all his ways. 
it's time to go all in so that you can be strengthened, so that your pegs are strengthened, so that your foundation is strengthened. It's time to be all in. Then he took me to Isaiah 40. And a lot of us know this verse, but it says, listen, in verse three, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord, make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God, fill in the valleys, level the mountains and hills, straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. It, what is that? He's saying, prepare. It's the exact same thing as we're reading in Isaiah 54, where he's saying, increase is coming. So you're gonna need to do this. You're gonna need to stretch out. You're gonna need to strengthen. Same thing he's saying, hey, clear the way. Hey, make the way. Why? Because it says in verse Verse four, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. But first he gives a word of preparation. Make the way straight. Clean it up. Clear it out. And I begin, I begin to see in a vision, I began to see people that, that, that were getting a revelation of this and suddenly it was like they were, they were sweeping, they were making the way straight because they knew that something was about to come. They knew that increase was about to come. They heard the word of the Lord say, I'm about to come, you better make it straight. Prepare the way for the Lord. Prepare the way for the Lord. Hold nothing back. And he says, verse five, then, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And he took me to Psalm 24, verse eight. It says, you ask, who is this king of glory? The Lord armed and ready for battle, the mighty one invincible in every way. So wake up you living gateways and rejoice. Fling wide, you ageless doors of destiny. Here he comes. The king of glory is ready to come in. Do you hear this? I just, I felt it so strong in prayer one morning. I just, I felt it that he was just like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Prepare the way, I'm ready. Church, wake up. I'm ready. It's time, prepare the way. Hold nothing back. Get on your knees. You have destiny. Listen, when I, when I, this, is, this is something that the Lord impressed on me this morning when I was praying is that a lot of times, what has happened in our Western thinking is that we have, we, we, we hear purpose and we hear destiny and we, we hear all of those things and we think me, my, and he says, listen, the destiny that I've placed on you is not just for you. The increase that I'm bringing for you, it is not just for you and your household. It is for the nations. It is for the people around you. It is for the people I've connected to you. It is for the kingdom of God. It is, be, it is to be used for the things of the kingdom. It's not just about you. It's for the plans and the purposes that God has for the kingdom. for his kingdom. And I feel like it was a redefining time that, that he's had to redefine the way that we think. 
my platform, my ministry, my business, my, my, my. He says, no, 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 no. We got to redefine the way that you thought that. He says, it's mine. Now you stir it, steward it. Steward it. For you'll give an account of it. You will give an account for it. So he says, fling wide, you ages, doors of destiny. Get prepared. The king of glory is ready to come. I thought of the ten virgins waiting for the bridegroom. And there are five of them. And five of them, or there's ten of them, and five of them have prepared. They've prepared. They, they, have, their, they have their lamps and they have their extra oil and they are prepared. And sure, it seems like, you know, he maybe wasn't coming or it took longer. They all fell asleep. But there's the other five who had their lamps, but they were not prepared. And the king of glory who's ready to come in shows up. The bridegroom shows up. And the, the five go in who are ready, who, who had extra oil. And then there's the other five who are like, give us some and give us some of your oil. We don't have enough oil. We didn't know. We didn't know it would be like this. We didn't know. Just give us some so we can come. And they said, we can't share our oil with you. Go buy your own. See, oil, the oil represents the Holy Spirit, intimacy with the Holy Spirit. That's time spent you got to do. You, you got to do it on your own. You can't have my intimacy with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work that way. You gotta get your own oil. Prepare the way. It's time to get prepared. I hope you, I hope you hear the, the seriousness but the excitement all in one. It's time. Church, it's time. Prepare the way. Then in verse three, oh Lord, I gotta move. Verse three. The Lord has spoken, it says, you will increase and spread out in every direction. I want you to hear it like the Father speaking, listen to me, you will increase. You will increase. Listen to me, you're the Father speaking, you will increase and spread out in every direction. This isn't just about you. <laughs> It isn't just about me, it's bigger than this. This is about the kingdom of God. His kingdom being established and his glory being seen. And then in verse, still in verse three, it says, your sons and your daughters will conquer nations and revitalize desolate cities. I felt two things on this. That that our sons and our daughters, we're talking about another generation. And I've heard this said and I felt this in my spirit that there, there has been a generation, this next generation coming up that the enemy has been after to destroy. And God says, no, 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 that is not happening. I declare it that our sons and our daughters, they will bring hope. 
They will repair things that have been desolate. And in the name of Jesus, I declare that right now that the next generation that the enemy has endeavored to steal, has endeavored to take down, I say it is broken off of their lives. This next generation will rise up as a remnant. They'll rise up as warriors for the kingdom of God. They will see the kingdom of God. They will pursue the kingdom of God. They will be after the purposes and the plans of God. I release it over them right now in Jesus' name that when they are in their private time, when they are by themselves, that they are singing hymns and spiritual songs. There is a new song that comes forth from the next generation. There is a prophetic voice that rises up in the next generation that calls for the holiness and the righteousness of God. They will pursue God with all of their hearts. They will lean not into their own understanding. I declare right now that there is a hunger that rises up on the inside of them that passionately pursues the heart of the Father. And they are rising up right now in the name of Jesus and I release encounters. I release dreams, I release visions. I thank you that their ears, God, are unlocked to hear your voice speaking. Father, right down to the youngest age right now. I declare that there is a revival that is birthing right now over our younger generation. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, that they will conquer nations and they will revitalize desolate cities. But I also heard God say in this thing that this is about your seed. This is about the seed that's on the inside of you that place that you thought was barren, that, that destiny that you knew I was made. I, I am here because God created me to be here, to, to give life, to give birth to something. There is something on the inside of me that God created to be fruitful in such an area. And he says, that's your seed. And that seed is coming forth in the name of Jesus that, that will see desolate cities come to life in Jesus' name. There is a seed that's on the inside of you that was not just for you, that is not just for you, but it is for the nations of the world and I declare it comes forth right now in Jesus' name. Verse 4 says, Do not fear, for your shame is no more. Do not be embarrassed, for you will not be disgraced. You will forget the inadequacy you felt in your youth and no longer remember the shame of your widowhood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For your maker is your husband. His name is Yahweh, commander of the angel armies. Your kinsman redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He has the title, mighty God of all the earth. Oh, I love this, verse six. For I, Yahweh, have invited you to come back. Like a depressed, deserted wife, like a young wife who has experienced rejection, I am drawing you back to me. I don't know who is watching this right now, but I want you to hear the Spirit of God. The Father God is saying, I know you. I appointed you. I called you for such a time as this. I placed my hand upon you and you may have walked away, but now is your time. And I want you to hear the Father saying, you are here because I am drawing you back to me. Those memories that keep coming back? No, 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 honey, that ain't you. That's me. I am drawing you back to me. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I also feel that, that right now in the time that we're in, that this is what the Father is doing, saying, come back. Come back, church. Come back. You've lost your way a little bit. You started looking at different things. You started to incorporate different things. He says, no, no, no. It's time to come back to the heart of the Father. It's time to come back to me. I am drawing you back to me. Let's go to verse 11. And he says, you unhappy one, storm-tossed and troubled. I think how many of us have felt that, right? Just that word, you unhappy one, storm-tossed and, storm and troubled, Lord God. I have felt that this year. He says, I am ready to rebuild you with precious stones. We have gone through a dismantling time. 2020 was a dismantling time. A time of stripping away. But we are now walking into a time of rebuilding. There were things that like I said, I think the last time I preached, that God said I had to refine so that I could define you. I had to refine. I had to take out some things that weren't of me, that were never meant to be of me. A refining time so I could define you. It's the same thing where he's saying, uh, you've had to go through some things so that, so that I could rebuild. Even the church, even our belief system is being rebuilt right now. What we thought was God, what we thought was what it was supposed to be. He says, I am rebuilding that right now. Look at this. In the voice, it says it like this. Every one of your children, the people who call you home, will be students of the eternal. Oh, they'll be so happy and live in peace. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 14 says this, this time, but this time, you will be founded and grounded on right thought, speech, and action. This is how he's rebuilding us. But this time, there's been a remantling. There's been a redefining because there are some things that weren't built on me. There were some foundations you built that weren't built on me. There were some thought processes you have that were not of me. And he says, but this time you will be founded and grounded on right thought and speech and action. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm almost finished. <laughs> and no one will trouble you, abuse or oppress you. I will, make your tower, I will make your towers of rubies, your gates of sparkling jewels, and all your walls of precious, delightful stones, and your children will be taught by Yahweh, and great will be their peace and prosperity. You will be established in righteousness. Thank you, Jesus. Oppression be far from them. Fear be far from them. Thank you, Jesus. I just declare that right now. I declare that right now for people watching that, that are just have been plagued by the enemy trying to oppress, trying to bring the spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus, I say oppression be far from them. Fear be far from them right now in Jesus' name. And peace and prosperity be over their lives. Thank you, Jesus. If anyone dares to stir up strife against you, it is not from me. Hmm. Those who challenge you will go down in defeat. See, I am the one who created the craftsman, who fans the coals into fire and forges a weapon fit for its purpose. And I am the one who created the destroyer to destroy. But listen this, and I, I, I'm ending with this. Verse 17. 
but I promise you, hear this, hear the Father say this, but I promise you, we're going into 2021 with this promise, but I promise you, no weapon meant to hurt you will succeed. And you will refute every accusing word spoken against you. The promise, this promise is the inheritance of Yahweh's servants and their vindication is from me. I think that we're going into 2021 and I think that it's gonna be your of double. I think that there is increase that is coming. But listen to me, with increase comes the enemy trying to come, come, combat it, come after it. Persecution, those kinds of things. And I want you to hold on to this promise. So you say, no weapon, not one weapon meant to harm me, to harm us, will succeed. God says, I promise you this. I promise you this. And I want us to hold on to this going into 2020, but I promise you this, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it seems like, I promise you no weapon that has been formed, that has been fashioned to take you out, to hurt you, to take the church out, to whatever it is, no weapon will succeed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So increase is coming. Increased favor, increase in people, increased prosperity, increase on every side. But I promise you, no weapon formed against you will succeed and you will refute every accusing word spoken against you. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Father God, that you are preparing your people for what is to come, preparing them to prepare the way for your glory. So Father, I thank you that as us, the church, begin to, begin to prepare our own hearts, begin to prepare our own lives for what is to come. And Father, I thank you that we seek you, that we go after you, and we find what place it is that we need to strengthen, what place it is that we need to increase. What place it is we need to make straight, make clear, make clean. But Father, that there's a burning in our hearts to do so. That we don't walk away from this message and say, Father, it was nice, thank you, I feel blessed. But Father, that the fear of God is on this, that says, I must, I must prepare. I must prepare for the coming of the Lord. I must prepare. and that we would hold nothing back from you and your presence. And that we would be a people that were prepared for what is to come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You're so holy. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Adam? I love you guys. I hope you're having a wonderful week. This weather has just been amazing. So get out, walk, and pray. That's my favorite thing to do, walk and pray. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.